for this podcast. I'm your host, Julie Turner, and oh my goodness, it feels so good to be back with you all. We have had a crazy 2018 around here, and sadly, I let so many of those crazy circumstances, which I will tell you a little bit more about later, I let them crowd out this this particular role in my life, and it feels great to be back. I started this podcast with the hopes that we can create an online space to cheer each other on in the fact that we are made on purpose and for a purpose, and that we are intended to live out that purpose right in the space where we're planted. And I love the idea of coming around a space to cheer each other on, to remind each other of that truth, to uplift each other when things are hard, and to grieve with each other when things are sad and just to know that we're all in this life together and we're all facing similar things and what a joy to be able to share in that together and sometimes just the knowledge that other people are experiencing what we are can bring hope and comfort and offer a fresh wind in our sails to keep going and keep at it. And so for this episode, because it's been so long, I thought I would just take a minute to let you know kind of what's been going on in our world and what God's been teaching me and what's been going on in my head and my heart. And then the next episode, you have, you're in for a treat in that I get to share my interview with the incredible Jamie Barron. She is a brave new mama that has been living in Nicaragua with her husband for the past few years, doing an incredible work down there, just bringing light and hope and serving the people around her in just practical and yet profoundly impactful ways. You will love her. You will love her story. And I'm so excited I get to share that with you. So today I'm going to call this episode Real Talk because I just want to share a little bit about our world, our 2018. Like I said, it's been crazy. We started out the year with our septic tank backing up into our home, in our home. This is an event that we now affectionately refer to as the poop flood. And let me just say with my whole heart, I hope none of you ever have to experience this because it really is as bad as you might expect, maybe worse. Like I for real can't believe that I didn't just say, that's it. We're out as inspectors are walking through my home saying words like raw sewage and mold and other terrible words that you never want people to use to describe the inside of your home, especially when they're saying these things while standing in the middle of your master closet that is filled with your clothes. This was, I I really can't believe that I didn't just say, that's it, we're out, peace out, turners out. (laughs) Somebody else can take it, do what you want to do with it. Oh my gosh, so this meant that our master closet, master bathroom, and our hall downstairs bathroom were completely emptied of all their items, toilets, sinks, everything had to go, everything had to be torn up. And because the actual poop water had buckled our hardwood floors clear out into our hallway from our downstairs bath, that meant that the entire downstairs of hardwood floors had to be pulled up and removed and redone. So That meant that for many months, our home was just a chaotic, dust-filled, noisy, everything displaced 
environment, which it turns out that neither my husband or I deal with very well. Even though we have very different thresholds for chaos, we were both entirely off the rails because of this. This really just threw us all together off the rails, and we were uncharacteristically short-tempered. It took approximately 17 hours to get ready every morning because you had to look in about 25 random and obscure places to even figure out where your clothes were and your personal items because everything had been removed from its original space. And there was not one single space that your eyeballs could look at where there wasn't a Jenga tower of furniture stacked in various places around the house with about five and a half inches of construction dust on top of it to boot. So this was such a disruption <laughs> to our everyday life. And, and we kept telling ourselves, first world problems, first world problems, we're fine, we're going to be okay, this is not a big deal, this is short term. We knew all this in our head, but as it just kept going on and on and on, we found ourselves getting more and more and more agitated and and feeling like we were about to lose our ever-loving minds. A happy part of our 2018 was months before this had happened, we had planned a trip with our home group to the lovely coast of Mexico. And as a side note, oh my goodness, I highly recommend traveling with friends, even if it's just for a weekend, because it just is so good for the soul to just get out from your normal environment and just have that time to hang 24-7 together. It was great. But in our case this year, that delightful experience was quickly replaced by a massive job change for my husband and a lot of stress that went on with that. And I have celiac disease, which means I'm extremely allergic to gluten and I have extreme reactions if I accidentally get into it. And I'm also primary immunodeficient, which basically just means that my body lacks the IgAs that are necessary to fight respiratory infections. And on our trip toward the end, thankfully, despite all my usual precautions, I somehow managed to get into gluten and managed to catch a nasty virus that just sort of all hit at the same time. And so with the gluten reaction, I ended up actually with a classic autoimmune response, which was a mouthful of sores, canker sores, that literally went all the way down my throat. And you can imagine the unrelenting pain that that caused. Just the day and night wouldn't let up. Every time you swallowed, it was the like clench your fists and brace yourself for having to swallow or just like bypass swallowing altogether and just stand at the sink and spit because I was so miserable. And so you, as you can imagine, sleep was not easy. Every time I would just about fall asleep, I'd, I'd swallow and bolt awake again. And this went on for weeks, which anybody who has sleep issues knows you just start to unravel when you're not sleeping week after week. And in addition, then my throat was so sore, I couldn't even talk, like literally couldn't carry on a conversation, which really actually led to me feeling super lonely. It's very unusual. I work a lot on my own, but it's very unusual that I can at least pick up the phone at some point during the day and just reach out to a friend to just connect and have a conversation. And even that was impossible. 
during that time. And so I just sort of ended up feeling more and more isolated and more and more lonely. And then on top of it with the virus, I was coughing so hard for about six weeks, this cough kept going. And, and after that long of, of coughing, your body just sort of says I'm over it. And I ended up separating the tissue from my rib cage. So then I kind of went seamlessly from incredible sore throat to now just unrelenting pain every time I did anything because it turns out that your rib cage is involved in exactly all the things that you do. Sitting up, lying down, turning, lifting, laughing. One time I got the hiccups in the middle of it and I thought, oh my gosh, this might be how I go. This might be the the way that I go. Julie Turner taken out by the hiccups with broken ribs. Oh my gosh. So, oh, and singing. I mean, this is a pretty big part of my life and that was incredibly painful. Just taking deep breaths, the whole thing. So it was 2018. It was poop floods, relentless illness, job changes, home under construction. I'm still teaching and working and planning our work worship conference. And then with everything torn up, it was the best time to paint our house. So I added single-handedly painting my entire downstairs because why not just keep adding all the things to the chaos and oh my word by April 2018 had already been one for the books so crazy and yet in the midst of it God was so faithful our worship conference was my very favorite that we've ever had God moved in such a powerful way we as a committee as a team of planners were so profoundly moved and changed by the experience, which I can't remember a time where that happened to that degree so far in the years that we've hosted this. It was just a beautiful thing to see the Spirit of God work in and through everyone that was involved. That was a huge, huge blessing. Somehow we are all still friends around here despite our short-temperedness as a result of all this stuff. And And now, of course, reading about the massive devastation that is happening in California as a result of the fires where entire homes are being wiped out, such incredible loss. It really does bring our very fixable problem back into perspective. Um, But I wanted to share all this because about a year and a half ago, I saw a friend who I hadn't seen in years. And when I saw her, she said, oh my goodness, it just looks like you are living your dream. And it really kind of took me aback for a second, and I started thinking about that, and I was like, well, for sure, in a lot of ways, I really am living my dream. I get to work part-time. I love the jobs that I have. I am crazy about my family and my kids, and in a lot of ways, I really am getting to live out what was childhood dreams of doing music as an adult, and, and yet her only information that she was getting was from what I had chosen to post on social media. And what social media doesn't show is poop floods and job stress and stupid arguments because you're surrounded by chaos and unsettledness. And it certainly doesn't show times of insecurity or self-doubt. Oh my goodness, the self-doubt as an artist. Most of my work, while it may eventually have a social component to it. Most of the work that I do happens in complete isolation. When I'm planning worship sets, eventually I'll work with a team, but as I'm crafting those sets, that happens by myself around my table. If I'm working on this podcast, 
by myself, editing around the table, preparing to teach, preparing to give a talk, researching and writing all by myself, which is lonely for me at times. I'm an incredibly social person, extremely extroverted, and there's a loneliness that comes to a lot of what I do that does not show up on social media. And back to self-doubt, I'm so results-driven. I love to see a tangible, measurable outcome to the work that I do, and that is not the life of an artist because when I go lead worship, I'll never know exactly how God used that particular event to touch people's hearts. I'll never know if the music that I write makes an impact. You sort of, as an artist, you release your work out to the giant interwebs, and basically just pray that God will do something with it and that somehow it will land in a soft space where it's needed, but you never know. And I realized that I let myself feel a little discouraged by that. And as it relates to this podcast, absolutely my lack of podcasting in 2018 began with a very legitimate set of obstacles that prevented me from having the time or space in my head or heart to make that happen. But but what about the last couple months when my house has been put back together and I have had some space to make this happen? Why then? Why have I not chosen to do that? And in the spirit of transparency and just all being in this together and maybe trying to correct the the social media image that everything's just fine and easy breezy all the time, I, if I'm being really honest, have let myself get discouraged it's, it was much easier to say, oh, hey, I think I'll go paint a room today because when I set out to do that, then by the end of the day, I can step back and look and see, oh my goodness, my room is painted. There we go. I can check that box and that is success. And that felt safer to me than, than some of these other things that I do that are, that are more open-ended. With ministry, it's just, you just don't get to have that everyday sense of accomplishment and sense of knowing that what you do matters. And so my pictures on social media that inform my friend's opinion about my happiness didn't reflect those darker sides of being an artist. And I think um, this quote, Madeline Engel, I saw a friend post this a while back, and I think it so sums up the heart of an artist. She says, I think that all artists, regardless of degree of talent, are a painful, paradoxical combination of certainty and uncertainty, of arrogance and humility, constantly in need of reassurance, and yet with a stubborn streak of faith in their own validity no matter what. Oh my goodness, this rings so true for me. And although as of late I've been far more on the side of needing reassurance than confidence, and my stubborn streak sort of got replaced by insecurity... (laughs) and wanting to just kind of just give up. Um, And I know there's seasons. I know we all go through those times, but I think there's healing in the identifying. And I think for me in this season, it's time for me to just admit, I let myself get discouraged. I let myself pull back from the things that I feel like I'm supposed to tend to because I wasn't able to see the results in the way that maybe I would hope. At the beginning of the year, one of my friends posted a picture of a devotional entry that she had had written, and she closed it with the phrase, my part, God's part. And I have thought about that 
so many times. In fact, I need to reach out to her and let her know how much that challenged me and really helped me in a lot of ways to figure out, okay, take an inventory of my relationships, of the way I spend my time. What is my part to own within those, within that context? And what is God's part to own? And as it relates to this podcast and to the work that I do, my part is to faithfully show up to my life, faithfully tend to the things that I've been called to tend to, and then I have to hand the results over to God and let Him be in charge of that. That's God's part. That's not my part. He is the only one that can work in the hearts of man. He's the only one that by His Spirit can challenge and convict and move people forward and spur them on. That's not me. That's God doing that work. I get to show up and I'm invited to partner with Him and to use my gifts to proclaim the gospel and share truth. But he's the one that accomplishes work in the lives of his kids as a result of that um, obedience. And all I'm supposed to do is obediently follow after what he's asked me to do and to press in close and to always be listening and yielding to whatever he has for me. I'm reading a Genesis right now, and it struck me again how Abraham never got to see the fulfillment of God's promise, and yet he faithfully obeyed. And we hear about him later in the faith chapter of Hebrews 11 that he he is commended for his faith. And we see examples like this over and over again in Scripture. King David had to wait long and often painful years for the full completion of God's promise to him that was given to him as a young shepherd boy out tending his fields. And God says to him, you will be king. He had to wait a long time, often through incredibly difficult circumstances, people trying to kill him, loneliness, loss, before he finally got to see that fulfillment. And I'm sure that the woman in Mark 12, who lovingly offered her last two coins as as a just a precious offering before the Lord, I bet she never knew that that small act of obedience and responding to the prompting within her, that that, that would be used for generations following. Millions of people would read that story and be inspired to give generously and selfishly like she did. But when she was dropping those coins into that basket, she had no idea that Jesus would then use that as an example of her life. She just acted out of obedience. He brought about the results. I just, that's so inspiring to me. What she did in secret, Christ used for his glory to inspire others to love and give like her. And along with countless other examples like that from people in scripture, the Bible also has a lot to say about this directly. In Matthew 25, Jesus instructs us to be faithful with what we've been given. In Matthew 9, we're told that God is the Lord of the harvest. He's the one drawing mankind unto himself. And again, we're asked to labor with him in sharing that good news. He's in charge of the results. In Philippians, Paul encourages the saints by saying, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He alone gets the credit for the results of our life's work. He alone will bring it out to completion. Our job is just to remain tethered to him, pressing in, looking for what's next. So I hope this encourages you somehow, wherever you're at, whatever season you're in. I just want you to know that I, too, struggle with 
discouragement and doubt and lack of confidence and even despondency at times, sadly. And so I'm identifying this and I'm confessing it and working out to be more faithful in the midst of those seasons. Because how shallow is my obedience if I'm only willing to tend to the things in front of me if I feel like they're giving me the results that I'm looking for? And if I only press on when it feels worth it by my standards. So I'm so challenged in my own life that until I feel released from the things that I feel like I'm called to, which God does, sometimes he'll take us down different paths, but that's not the case for me at this time. And so while I'm called to tend to certain things, I need to do so faithfully regardless of how I feel. My confidence cannot be in the results that I see or don't see, or in the approval of man, or I will quit like I kind of have for the last few months. And I'm realizing that those are just not stable foundations on which to build my security and my confidence. And I know that in my head, but it's, I'm realizing that I haven't let that sink down deep in my heart as of late. So here's my prayer. I am praying that even when we can't see all that God is up to in our lives, that we will remain faithful. Because I know that these things that I'm going through are not unique to being an artist, to being a musician. I know I know that this shows up in, in multiple work environments. As a, as a stay-at-home mom, you don't get to see the results of the mundane tasks that are involved in washing dishes and washing clothes and picking up toys and stepping on Legos. We don't get to see every day the full impact of the care that we're giving. When we go to work in our work environments, we don't get to see the impact always of our efforts in the workforce or the interactions that we have with people that we interface with on a daily basis. Those results aren't always visible and they're not always complete for sure. And, and again, I know that we can all get discouraged in these, in our various roles that we find ourselves in. And I just want to be a voice of encouragement that God is using all of us right in the space where we're at, if we show up with intention and with, if we show up praying for him to be at work in the space where he's planted us, he will, he will be at work in us. His spirit will go forth and help us as we, as we speak life and truth into those environments. And I really do believe God does desire to use us right in the space where we're planted. I feel like, and I've said this so many times on this podcast, social media can send a message that only big platforms matter and only big results matter and only big names can have impact. Or even if we see somebody else doing something similar to us, just several steps down the road, we can start feeling like, well, it doesn't, then, then why do I even bother? Cause they're doing it better than me or they have more experience than me when that's just not true to the kingdom of God. So often in scripture, we see God using the small and seemingly insignificant to do great big things here on earth, because in those small things, when he steps in, then he alone gets all the credit for the work that was done. I mean, I just think about even sweet Mary, mother of Jesus, living as a poor, humble teenager, somehow in the everyday life, living her relatively obscure life, God saw her in the midst of that, and he found her faithful. She found favor with the Most High God. 
without any ambitions of notoriety or fame, she had no idea that as she lived her life with integrity, that God would see her in that space, in the humble life that she was living, and choose to use her in such a profound and incredible way for His glory. And so my prayer is, may we just all be found faithful in the small and in the quiet. And may we not seek after man's attention or approval or validation. And I'm speaking to myself here every bit as much as, as anything else, that may we not lose heart when we can't quite see all that God's up to. And may we not be jealous of the work that God's doing in someone else's life, but instead cheer them on, learn from them, aspire to do things with the same amount of, of intention and, and purpose. And, and I just pray that God would remind us that he is at work and that he is faithful and that he alone is in charge of what he does with the things that he's asked us to do. And that he alone has the power to transform lives and hearts, and we are simply invited into his process. Ladies, he's gifted you, he's equipped you, he's given you everything that you need to carry out the plan that he has for you by his strength, by his grace, by the power of his spirit. And so I just encourage you to keep on pressing on. You've you've got this. <laughs> just keep showing up to your life. And throw everything you have at his feet and let him do whatever he chooses to do with what he's asked you to. So I hope this has encouraged you. I would love to hear your stories. I'd love to hear if this touches down on or resonates with you in any way. I'd love to hear what struggles you're having right now or what joys you're having or what successes. I'd love to be able to cheer you, up, cheer you on in that. So please feel free to start up a conversation on Instagram or on the blog. Um, again, let's just link arms with one, one another through this crazy up and down life that we're living and, and lift each other up. So thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It means the absolute world to me. Again, tune in next time for my interview with the absolutely incredible and delightful Jamie Barron. You are in for a treat and you will absolutely love hearing from her and her life is so inspiring and I can't wait to share that with you. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you next time on the Made for This podcast.